We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network post game five. Get your classy brooms out because there was a gentleman sweep of the Chicago Bulls, the Milwaukee Bucks advanced to the second round for the first time in less than 12 months to take on the Boston Celtics on Sunday. I'm joined by Adam McGee and Rohan Kadi, who are mislabeled on the YouTube. Shout out to What did I warn you before we started? We were on the call for 10 minutes before we started recording, probably more. No one said anything then outside of this mishap, which I'm now fixing. Fellas, how's it going? Doing well, doing well. Uh, we just did a playback for the uh, for the game, so it was a fun time all around. It's fun watching the game. Um, the Bucks, they won. It didn't look like they were going to be. This is very distracting. <laughs> it didn't look like anyone watching on YouTube just got complete <laughs> utter chaos. I think we might have to put like a like a flash we, warning. Like, we, we, yeah. <laughs> and we even spent so much time being like, "Oh, let's let's get ourselves at the same kind of height," and now I'm like too big for the screen so great work Ty. go check out the youtube make sure you subscribe while you're there but um but yeah the bucks they sort of seemed like they were sort of coasting a little bit they still ended up winning by 16 points it was not a close game at any portion of the game i'm still being adjusted um but that's just it was very anticlimactic i think that's what you said adam after the game it's just like this is an elimination game it just felt like a regular season game because the Bucks just took care of business. That's all. That's all they needed to do. This Bulls team did not have Zach Levine. They did not have Alex Caruso. They're also down three-one. Brian Anderson was calling out their effort in layup lines. It was just destined to be a loss for the Chicago Bulls. That's what it ended up being. It did. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk with the books in a second, but I'm gonna do something right up top, which people are gonna be like, "Oh, he's doing this again." But I don't want anyone to miss out. So if you want to celebrate the books getting through the second round, if if you, much like the books, are probably going to start taking things a lot more seriously now, uh, you're going to be going down to Pfizer if you want something, you know, help you stand out from the crowd a little bit. GSPNstore.com, true to April 30th, which is Saturday, Friday. It's coming soon. That's all I know. Um, we have 22% off if you use promo code PLAYOFFS22 at checkout. So if you have had a look or if there's something you had your eye on, if you want to support the pod, just make sure you get in before that finishes up so you can take advantage of that discount. We will have other sales and promos Maybe. down the line pretty regularly. But I, this was a this was a big one. Um, this was a big one for our kind of our launch. So, yeah, playoffs 22. A couple of days left on that if you have your own anything. And I know we, we first launched April 14th and pictures of people in the merch were rolling in about mm-hmm. 10 days later. So... Still plenty of time to get it before the second round is over, we hope. Um, certainly, Honestly, some people got it even quicker. You, yeah. You'd be surprised. I mean, you might have a game 
by the time game three is not Celtics until Saturday. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. By the time that series switches back to Milwaukee, you could easily have your GSPN here. Go cop the merch. What did you give the link? GSPNstore.com. I did. did. GSPNstore.com and promo code again. It's no harm in giving it again. Todd. No. Playoffs 22. Yeah. Go support cop us. merch. Yeah. Support as, us. As, good. as for the books, which is what people really want to hear about. Maybe. It was fine. I mean, they, they did what they had to do. And that's really all it was about. We knew this series was over after the last game, particularly when the injury and COVID news came true about the Bulls. There wasn't going to be much resistance here. That was certainly the case. The Bulls scored 42 points in the first half. That is not going to keep you alive in a winner-go-home game against the Bucks. So it was about just finding a way to kind of hang in there, keep your focus. There were certainly lapses. Game ended up a bit closer to me to liked because it limited our Luca time significantly, which we'll probably talk a little bit more about later. But they got the job done. They're moving on. Given the points we were in at, earlier in this series, some of the concerns we had, given Chris's injury, we can't ask for much more than how they responded, how they breezed through this series. Maybe a little bit too well to not buy themselves a little bit more time, but I think they're in a they're in a good spot. And I mean, the flip side of that is they have a, a couple of days now to start preparing and get ready for the Celtics. Yeah, I think the Bucks certainly the first half absolutely dominated after the first few minutes. Really let the foot off the gas early in the third quarter, and you could really tell that that they did. And I say that, and the Bulls got the lead down to 12, and then pretty much immediately it was back to mid-20s where it stayed – or not mid-20s, but you know 20-plus for the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth. And then from there, it tightened a little bit. Again, a Bulls run. They get the lead down to 15, I think, was as close as it got in the fourth quarter, robbing us of more Luka minutes. We got basically no Luka mania, which is a real shame. But It's a tragedy. It is a tragedy. But we did get what I hoped for after game four, which was Pat Connaughton coming to life. Pat ends up nailing multiple threes, finishes seven for 11, six for nine from deep, 20 points. Nice. Yeah. Second on the Bucks. that Giannis fellow finished first with 33. You know, it it, it was a Giannis game. He, he was dominant. Um, but Pat, it was nice to see him have one of these high volume and not all wide open. Some of the classic Pat, you know, corner, someone closing out or, or kind of deep, you know, toward the, the middle of the floor. He was hitting them all. And it was great to see because especially with Chris Middleton possibly out for the whole series against Boston, um, we're going to need the Celtics killers to all be on deck. And I think Pat's probably next up on that list. For sure. It's good to see some life there. I, I actually thought that was something that if I'd been around for the previous, the, the game four pod, I thought there was some signs of life from Pat. His offense wasn't there, but I thought his defense picked up significantly and he just looked a lot more engaged, a lot more like the player that we saw in the postseason last year. And so for him to follow that up and to come out and score 20 points, big, big win for the books, just even to get him some confidence, to find some rhythm. He's been good pretty much all season. It wasn't there up until this point in the playoffs in an offensive sense. So to get a, a true breakout game, because even when he plays really well and a lot of what he did last year, we're not generally talking about 20-plus point games for Pat. So one of those, as we progress into what is now the business end of the playoffs, like from here on in, they're going to be real teams. That is, that is a real positive for the books. And... A little bit quieter, but I mean, 13 points for Grayson, efficient. That's also important, him keeping up what he had been doing before. Let's carry that over. You know, let's carry it over all around. Let's let's have as many guys who can contribute because, yeah, it's possible that you could need that. There's going to be a lot that um, we will learn, I guess, once the series gets underway in terms of what's going to be the difference. The Bulls did a pretty good job on Giannis overall. I mean, they don't have the tools. I, I really think they do. Like, I I could not imagine them doing better. I certainly couldn't imagine them doing as well as they did. They showed him a lot of bodies. That doesn't mean it's good, though. No, but it it's was much better than I expected. And it's also, what are we expecting from most teams? Like, 
they made it about as hard for him as anyone does. And the reality is it's never that hard for Giannis anymore. But a lot of offensive fouls that they, they managed to um, convince the officials and work their way to. Certainly some flops in there. But hey, that's if you're defending Giannis. Good for you if you can do that. Guys like DeMar DeRozan stepping in and, and getting results out of that. Like I... I think that's one area where I tip my hat to them. Does it make a difference? No. Like, he still is going to have the better of them. But we knew that going into the series. How that will work against the Celtics, whether the Celtics will zero in on that kind of approach as much or whether they'll trust some individual defenders a bit more because they have guys that you can trust more, that remains to be seen. But regardless, Pat, Grayson, Brooke played well again. Bobby played well, like it's it's right there in terms of what we're going to need to see going forward, which is multiple guys making shots and contributing offensively. Yeah, I think the only guy who really struggled in this game was Drew Holiday. I was going to say, there was one name missing from that played well list that we should probably get to. He was yeah. going for his, his Milwaukee tribute again with the he 4-14, yeah. which was a favorite of his in the playoffs last year. Yeah, it's never going to not stress me out. Uh <laughs> So we got, as, as you just mentioned, 4 of 14 from the field, 10 points, 1 of 7 from deep. Missed a free throw. That's just been a consistent thing with Drew. I mean, the defense was there, as always. But it's not like he had the strongest, really, opponent to go up against. Like, the Bulls' backcourt was just decimated, so he could just spend all his time on DeMar. And the Bucks were just throwing every guy they had at DeMar DeRozan. They were yeah. sending triple teams at him. Because they were like, what are you going to do? Like, we'll send five guys at you. What are the other guys going to do on the court? Nothing. Nothing, especially if it's Tristan Thompson. Um, I don't know. That was a random shot, but it's, I feel like it's, it's wild to look now at this game. The Bulls attempted 52 threes, so DeMar was making the quote-unquote right passes. They shoot 28.8%. A lot of those pretty open just because, you know, like you're saying, the, the Bucks had no fear of any of these guys, and none of these guys. Patrick Williams is another nice offensive game, but nobody else gave them any reason to fear them. There was a possession early in the game where four bulls, where there were four open threes passed up, four wide open threes. I think Io turned down two of them, and he's like near a forty percent shooter in the regular season in his rookie year. He even struggled at the rim tonight; like he was yeah. three of eleven overall. He just yeah, the team, the team was just broken. It was just broken. It was a broken Bulls team. This is what we expected going forward. It took a few games to get into it, but this is this is what we all expected. We just didn't think it would take five games. Yeah, the uh, Bucks only give Demar two free throws. He ends with eleven points. Drew Holiday, one of the th- one thing he did clean up, no fouls in this game after running into some foul trouble last game. So nice to see that from him. Wes also only one foul. So the perimeter defenders were were on point. Um, but yeah, Drew, I just think it would have been nice to see him close this series with some offensive momentum. Although. I do feel like his offense is so erratic the way it comes and goes. It might not matter at all how he closed this series versus how he'll start the next one. Drew can be ice cold for three and a half quarters and then absolutely electric for the last half of a quarter, as we saw many times last time around. So, you know, maybe it doesn't matter at all. Nine assists, six turnovers, some of the just sloppy passes or getting picked, uh, getting his pocket picked. It's not great. You've just got to hope that he cleans it up enough. And I do think it it is worth a little bit of concern. You know, obviously he was the way he was last year and they won it all. Obviously also the margins tighter without Chris, who for all the faults is, you know, the Bucks, one of the three most important players, right? One of the three best players on the team. No question about it. So I do think we're going to need to see some excellent Drew Holiday, but thankfully I trust him to be there when they need him because that's all he's done his entire Bucks tenure. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm really anywhere near as concerned about anything we've seen for the Bucks till now. I think they've got the job done. And that is always what a first-round series is about. And it's even more the case because of Chris's injury. It was something that's just going to try and focus the mind of, okay, we need to get through this. You know, We need to just stay in it until Chris can get back, which is going to be their goal. It's going to be a lot tougher to do that in the series ahead, but that's going to be their focus. I think they've done that. And Drew overall, I mean, I I don't think he was bad in the series, like 16.4 points, 6.8 assists, 5 rebounds. 
don't really have any issues there. Turnovers is the thing that's a little on the high side. The shooting percentage could be a bit better, but I, I think some of that comes down to shot selection too. And tonight's a great example of that. Um, I think he set the tone early where there was one kicked out to him where you're like, okay, this is a catch and shoot tree for Drew. This is the kind of shot he makes. And he stepped inside for a not very nice mid range two. And you even commented tie on the playback at the time. That's just, that's not a shot you want to see. That's the kind of thing that can happen when he's just not quite on it. Um, you get less of the catch and shoot, which when he's on, they all go in. You don't quite get those confident step back trees, which he's made a shot of his own. It's really a staple of the best version of Drew offensively. And in those kind of scenarios, then he struggles. But I, I think the challenge will be different all around against the Celtics. And I, I don't think that will hurt Drew. Um, I'm I'm curious to see what way the Celtics will match up and what that means for Drew as well, because they're going to have some decisions to make there in terms of who's on Giannis and is that are they going small? Is it going to be smart or are they going to be leaning more towards a front court player? And that's going to then define really what kind of looks Drew's going to get throughout the series and what version of him we may see too. But on the whole, I. I feel like he's in a better spot than he was for a lot of last year's playoffs. Like uh, that's, that's my read on round one. Was it perfect? No. Did it need to be? No. And I, I think that shouldn't be overlooked. Like that's still a, a kind of important consideration. In all of it is the books have, they, they've won this series really easily. And if they weren't their best or individuals weren't standing out, it doesn't matter. I and mean, when that's the scenario, it can be tough for guys to just find that next level. Yeah, and also, sorry, sorry, Ron. The one thing I will say, because Jordan isn't here, is it was ugly last year. It was like ugly throughout. Most of it was really bad, horrible basketball, and the Bucs just proved themselves to be the best team at winning, which is a nice trait to have that you know how to win games. There's no reason why this year won't be similar. I mean, I, I don't necessarily expect the most ultra-efficient Drew and the books are just kind of cruising to wins. One, it's just not how the books do things. Would you say they're cruising for a bruising? Well, the Celtics will be. Much like the Pittsburgh Pirates are at present. But I, I think next round is going to be very, very different. And we may see a different version of a lot of individual players. But ultimately, the books just, they make these series into series that they can win. That's what we've seen from them last year. I think that's what we've seen again this year. And what way that kind of unfolds against the Celtics is going to be interesting. Well, first off, they make it into a series, first of all, when they don't need to. It's true. Uh, which is part of it. It's, it's a little bit of an issue, but they seem to work itself out. Um, I think it's just, speaking on Drew and his offense, it's a little bit of a disappointment. I think he's fine, like you mentioned. It's fine. It's all right. But I was so high on him coming into the postseason based on what he did in the regular season. It just felt like it was actually going to translate compared to last year when it was a bit iffy even during the regular season, which is why I wasn't surprised when it sort of fell off a cliff in the postseason. He was so good this year, so good in the regular season. So it's a little, a little disappointing to see thus far. Yeah, I think uh, I, I wonder how much more energy he expounds on, expends on defense in the playoffs versus the regular season and what kind of a role that plays in it as well as you know everybody else is defending harder as well uh, on the other end for drew is yeah. the one thing the one thing we we should mention there and as much as we talked about chris chris's defense is a, an issue of its own and we've seen the books improve their defense without him the fact remains that with chris out drew likely has to cover a little bit more defensively even just in terms of size like what that did to matchups for the books He's maybe spending a bit more time up his spot, and that could become and likely will become an even bigger factor in the next round when you've got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like that could take a little bit more out of him too, just not having Chris there as another big kind of wing body who will take on some of those tougher assignments just by being a natural fifth from, even if his defense isn't up to the level that Drew's is. So that could be something to monitor depending how long Chris is out for. I was gonna ask you guys. Might as well just skip to it. No one cares about the Bulls at all. Um, how do you think the Bucks are going to match up with the Celtics starting five? So even with Time Lord out, they still started a center alongside Horford. So Tice started that the sweep. 
I would imagine that time load would start. Who knows? But either way, it's going to be, you know, a, a nominally non-shooting big Horford, the Jays, and Marcus Smart. It's kind of an interesting matchup thing for the Bucks. I almost wonder, do we see Giannis on Marcus Smart to open the series? Brooke on Tice slash Time Lord and then Portis on Horford? I think that's what you have to do, realistically. I mean, you what could. Do we, what you do we could. think the Celtics will do? I think Horford, Horford on Giannis. I think Horford to start. Yeah, I, I kind of think they should be putting Smart on Giannis for the start. The I, I think they're that... going to do it. I don't think they're going to do it from the start, though. I, I think that, that the problem the problem with once they do it is you can't have your two bigs. You can't have Horford plus Tice or Time Lord on the floor. It's going to get really weird really quick. That's Particularly what they with do, Middleton. Though. But with Middleton out, I I think that's that's going to be a tougher one for them too. If Middleton's there, it's probably actually a little easier. Um like Horford could could definitely contain Chris cuz neither of those guys well, you don't think necessarily could... versus Bobby but yeah, I suppose with Bobby starting. I feel I think I Bob, Bobby is quicker. He's more athletic at this point. Like it, that's a different kind of matchup. Um, with Chris, like everything will be in front of him, and he's not going to have to worry about potentially being overpowered. I'm not saying Bobby's going to do that consistently, but I just I do think there's a slightly different dynamic there. Do you think it like, would be? I get. I'm interested to see. I almost wonder too. Will Tatum take the second shift on Giannis after the way he guarded KD, or do they want to avoid that matchup? It'll be interesting to see. That's very. It's very different, though. KD versus Giannis, but still, I mean, if you can, if you can lock up KD, you can do something to just about anyone. I think. I I disagree on that one. I disagree because of the. It's the physical challenge, which will be more of a problem for Tatum with Giannis. Yeah. and we've we've seen that before. Like he's a really good defender, and he he can guard most players in the league very well. And we've seen Giannis have no real issues with him. We've seen him have issues with the Celtics over the years when the Celtics have multiple guys they can put up, and they do a good job by oh, committee. Yeah, and they're certainly they're, do for they're sure. certainly set up to do it again. Yeah. I also think at this point, though, like I don't know if that's if that's enough to matter. Yeah, like the, I think that's, the thing, that's the big question of the series. The thing for the Celtics is the offense. It's like if the Celtics get enough offense, this is going to be a really tough one for the books. But I think Giannis is going to get his. And if the Celtics really kind of key in and put too much attention on Giannis, you're going to open up the opportunities for the Grace Downs, for the Pat Connaughton's. And the books need that now more than ever with Chris out. Yeah. So that's that's a kind of an element of how the Celtics will want to play, should play to contain Giannis. But also, that's feeding into the only other stuff the books really have with Chris out. So that's something where... Yeah, it's going to be one of those gross series where a lot comes down to what Pat and Grayson do with eight looks from three in clutch are games. We, are we comfortable with make or miss defining it for guys like that? I don't know, but that... Someone really saying make or miss? Oh god. oh god! I'm comfortable with Pat taking those shots, especially against Boston. I'll say that. But well, definitely more so than Tom. Well, yeah. Well, that is, I mean that, but that's in a series like this when a team that's going to swarm the paint. I mean, we know what has to happen. Giannis can't score 80 points by himself, and he can't score every possession against some of these defenses. So it is going to come down to some of these other guys. I, we should also mention Grant Williams off the bench. We'll probably get a lot of Giannis shifts too. Thought he did a pretty good job last time. Obviously, it's the playoffs now, and no one's stopping Giannis, but I do think they have decent on-ball options, and they're a good swarming defense, which is what they did to KD. So Giannis is going to have to be decisive in this series. I almost wonder if slowing down a little bit, maybe working from the post a little bit to see that help coming. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. The one thing with slowing down is if you slow the books down overall, you're not getting – you're probably not getting as much kind of a stretch defense. You're not getting any kind of breakdowns. And all of a sudden your shots for Grace and for Pat, for Bobby aren't quite as open. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing with that. Now, if Giannis plays too fast, like we saw him get in some spots of trouble with that against the Bulls, just in terms of when they're drawing charges all the time, that's certainly something he's going to see going up against Marcus Smart a lot and going up against the Celtics. So there's going to have to be a level of, of care there and how he approaches it. But at the same time, I I don't see anything here that is not doable. Like, 
the, the interesting with the Celtic, there are they're a very different team than they have been at points. But there's also kind of a like coming back round to, to a place we've been with the Celtics before. And the way people talk to the Celtics, the way people talk to their defense. I'm just I'm I'm waiting to see in a book sense and against a team like the books, they have to prove what has really changed beyond that. Like Jason Tatum, I feel, has like arrived constantly for three or four years where people freak out about the level Jason Tatum gets to. He's only and, 19. <laughs> and then most of the time he comes up against an elite team in this kind of context. And it doesn't work out quite the same way. I'm not saying he's like terrible that he disappears, but he's not the guy that everyone makes out to be. Like, is this the year where that changes? If it is, that's a problem for the books. What's Jalen Brown going to do? Are we going to get the version of Marcus Smart that the books more than anyone always seem to get? Um, which is going to be a lot of made trees. So it's going to leave us scratching our heads at how it's happening. Like those kind of things are key questions, but Al Horford, like last time we saw Al Horford and the Celtics against Giannis, that was figured out then. He just shot 58-60 splits again. Absolutely demolished the Nets, which I find hilarious. They good got for, murked good by Al. Al Horford. I do Listen, think a lot- I, I'm I'm like the world's biggest Al Horford fan, except for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, but I, I think trouble lies the Celtics' way if they go. Like Horford can do that. Tice can do that. These are these are guys who have had some success on Giannis in the past. We've also seen them at this point though have some really ugly moments because Giannis has figured a lot of that out. It's and we talked about it again. Like the yeah. Bulls series was ugly and they threw countless bodies at him. He never really got any space. And it's just routinely 30, 33, 35. And even more than that, on the nights when that was working, he's like, okay, well, I, I'm going to whip passes out to the corners. And the books have shooters this year like they haven't had before. Like we have to hope that holds up. But in the first round, it did, which isn't necessarily something the books had in previous years. There'd just be no shooting at all in the playoffs. So Rohan, I think defending Tate. It looks like to me Tatum is the Celtics more or less. They have a good team, but I think they go or don't go with Tatum. So to Adam's point, would be great if he just didn't step up to the moment. But I think the Bucks would have a lot to do with that, right? So do you expect Drew to start on Tatum, or I, I mean, the way we're talking, we expect Giannis on Smart. Then that leaves probably Bobby to Horford, Brooke to Tice, or Time Lord. So then you have Wes and Drew for the two J's. I think I lean Drew on Tatum to start and then Wes on Jalen. But where are you at? I'd flip it. I'd so really interesting. Why? Because you want you want Wes to get the you you want him to be an innings eater, realistically. And when it comes down to pressure situations, you want to be able to throw Drew at him. Plus, Drew is a much better off ball defender. And if Tatum has a lot of the if he has the ball a lot a lot of the time. Drew, I trust Drew more than Wes. Not, not, it's not a slight on Wes. Drew is just better, in the sense that like he can make great reads off ball, and so I'd rather have Wes sort of take the physical matchup against Tatum because a lot of what Tatum's sort of resurgence for the seventh time this season is is his physical aspect, and uh, so you want Wes to get a lot of that. Plus, you don't want to just wear Drew down right away. Oh, Wes is better at the bigger guy. Like that is something that as his career has progressed, he's become kind of a specialist in guarding much bigger players. And Tatum is going to have a significant size advantage. He's slightly bigger than Jalen Brown. I mean, I, I like the way that works. Jalen Brown is, is honestly someone that I feel like I'm probably higher on than a lot of people. Everyone freaks out about Tatum all the time. And yet there have been plenty of times over the years, the Celtics team where it is Jalen Brown who steps up to the plate and it looks like he could take off when it matters most. doesn't necessarily always play out like that over the course of a season. But I think he's an interesting player in big moments. I I like I like starting Wes on on Tatum and going yeah. through on, on West Watches. Also, did you guys see the West hype video on Twitter? Fantastic. I would put Wes on anyone. Yeah, I I think I'm with you. And maybe, you know maybe late in the game it's different. Of course, I put, I put Wes on Giannis and give Wes a little bit of uh, an advantage after seeing that. Yeah, right after seeing that hype video, yes. We'll send it to you I, if you haven't seen it, Adam. I haven't seen it. As really as for Giannis on, on Smart, I kind of feel like that's what they'll do. Do you think that's the right thing to do? Do you think that's 
how they finish the series with Giannis beyond where they started. I like, almost is- think you have to with who they're starting or with who we're expecting them to play. It's not about Giannis. I would probably rather have Giannis on Horford just from the Giannis perspective. I'm really worried about Smart getting loose and having like a 10 mid threes game, which assuredly That's the thing. Like he's he's going to he's going to take 30 of them to make that happen. No, well, across the series, yeah, he's going to have one game. I'm sure he's going to have one. He's game. he's got a nasty habit of being efficient. He's going to he's going to do it. Um and Gian, Giannis is probably like the worst on the team for just wandering away because he's so disruptive off ball, but that does mean that you know, when the ball finds the guy, he's off he's off off ball. And it can get nasty sometimes. But like who else do you want to put on smart? Like you I don't want to take one of Wes or Drew off of the Jays. And then it's like, you know, am I putting Bobby, Bobby on Marcus Smart? Maybe, do we do we maybe. think they definitely stick with the same lineup? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yes, I think I, I think I think they do, but I'm just curious. Do we hate Bobby on Marcus Smart? My, my one thing with, with Bobby on because are we assuming Bobby on Horford? Yeah. If Bobby was to let's say have some lapses in concentration or doze off, Horford's passing, and you know if the Celtics started to really kind of cut aggressively, that could cause some problems. Like that's when you're playing that kind of too big lineup, Horford has the capability still of being something of an offensive hub. Like he's not going to necessarily do a ton that you're going to see show up on the box score, but he could be a guy who's really important in just facilitating ball movement and being the, the hockey assist guy, even being the pass to the open shot. Like that's something you've got to be careful with. Your point on, on Giannis is a good one, but Giannis is also, the the only the thing that has killed me for years with Giannis defensively I think it's the biggest weakness in this game is when he does cheat little and he doesn't have the desire to get out for closeouts on three-point shooters and Marcus Smart is not a three-point shooter but he may well be against the Bucks. like this could just be a series where that doesn't happen and maybe we've seen him make a lot over the years and it's it's long overdue that we see the opposite and if that's the case you know what? The Bucks will win this series easily. Yeah, I mean, like, if you have I, Brooke I, off of a traditional center and Giannis off of someone who can't hit threes, it's going to be really hard to score against the Bucks. So maybe that could happen. But if that's not, and Smart is 
getting some of those looks because Giannis is kind of cheating off and he's like, oh, yeah, the shot's there for him. And that's going down. That becomes a problem, too. I mean, I mean the, the interesting thing here, though, and like it starts with what are you doing with Wes? What are you doing with Drew? The books have options and they can kind of switch around a lot of these players and feel like, OK, we can have a look at that and how it evolves and maybe who has to make adjustments first and what way those adjustments go will be really interesting because, you know, the books probably can go smaller. If you're getting some success, if Grayson and Pat shoot like Pat shot today and have Grayson shot against the Bulls, you could go smaller and you could cause the Celtics some real, real problems if they're trying to play the way they want to play. I think if there is one, this is probably the difficult Bobby Portis matchup of the postseason because we saw in one of these games when the Bucs should have won and Dennis Schroeder, who's no longer on the Celtics, went off. They just kept going for him uh, on the switching and, and got him and, and Tatum diced him up. So it will be interesting interesting to see. I think for him, we've talked about his increased importance and you know he's starting again and everything else. If he can be a positive factor overall on both ends, I'm not saying his defense itself is a positive, but if he is a net positive against the Celtics, that does to me seem like it would be a big swing just moving forward for Bobby. And obviously in this series, I mean, they're, I think they're going to need a lot from everyone. I think we all, at least Adam and I, feel relatively good about this series, but they're certainly going to need, you know, plus performances from. The eight guys they have left. What? Rowan? Let's go straight to Rowan. Are, are you just calling me out? Do you not think I feel good about this series? I know. I no. don't. I, that's what I just said. No. But I, I think Ty and I are very much in the minority on that. Like yeah. people are terrified of the Celtics. I, and I'm I like, I think it's fine. I think oh, it's all okay. good. I mean, the, the the very obvious thing here is the books are missing Chris Middleton. Yeah. Um, for the majority, it's like Which, that's uh, that's where the the doubt comes in. Game one. Oh well, yeah. Um, we we knew that, but okay, we're also, we're getting there official. step by something step. Giannis, yeah. Giannis said his wrist feels fine. By the way, he fell on his wrist. He played out. We all thought so, but he was asked after the game, and he did confirm. Alien. Just while we're doing news, if 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 Chris was here, I have zero doubts about this series because you've got Chris Middleton, Celtics killer, in the mix on top of everything else. Without that, obviously, the books have less margin for error you're going to need your role players to step up. There is a chance that doesn't happen. And then it could just be too much to do for Giannis. You may not get the best version of Drew and that's your season. If that happens, that's going to be tough. That's going to be disappointing, but the circumstances are going to be there. Like we're going to know why that happened. They are down, whether you want to call them their second or third best player. They're down one of what we all agree is their, their three stars. I still do not fear the Celtics team in a way that everyone else does. I think they're good. They're very good. They could win every game you play against them. They will be in every game, most likely. I can't imagine blowouts really either side in this series. I think we could be in for really close games. I could see the Bucks getting smoked in one of the first two games, which feels like it always happens. Well, I'm fine with that if they win the other one. I, you know? I think the, the way I see the series playing out is the first two don't go great. Although I'd really like to steal one. But I think maybe even even the start of game one could be ugly. And a bunch of people are going to give up immediately. And, oh, Celtics in four, Celtics in five, everything else. <laughs> it always happens. It always happens. It happened always last happens. time the Bucs went to play the Celtics. If you last give up on the Bucs before seeing them down like 3-0, you are not paying attention. Because they do this every year. So I'm not going to overreact to the early part of this series. Unless it goes well for the Bucs. Which is... Like if the Bucks take game one, that's really bad for Boston because we know how much better the Bucks get after game two in literally every playoff series. I, I love about Paul that. Pierce saying it's over. I forgot about that. Yeah. I love the mindset of I'm not going to react to this thing unless it goes exactly like I wanted to. Bucks positivity. I yeah, I have no issues with it. But also, but it is though. I mean, we have seen like games one through three versus games four through seven Bucks. It's like, a vast chasm. You could decide if it's two or three, wherever it is, but I mean, look, we've moved past a lot of the major bud issues, bud concerns, the stuff that kind of used to dominate a lot of our conversation. The one thing that has always been true and remains true is Bud will not make the first move in a playoff series. Never. He he will wait and see. He will say, and that's why 
maybe like maybe it is worth changing your lineup or considering some different things that he just won't <laughs> he's gonna be like oh this worked now let's put it out there and let's see if they make us although although oh. i would have i do agree with that i think there's a very high chance bobby starts game one west becoming a starter did surprise me and it was very unbud-esque i thought it was an injury thing at first, but I, I think I was pretty early in saying I don't think it actually is. And then it what we, what we talked true in in true our many uh, spirited discussions about Grayson versus West was that was it was very Bud like in that it was clearly it was a move for the playoffs. We had we hadn't seen that this season, so it was like okay, you know, yeah, West has started with most of this group before. Well, let's just let's get it kind of tied down with this group. Let's get a few games under its belt because we're going to go to that a lot in the playoffs. And that is very Bud like. That that's kind fair. of. I'm going to, I want to know what I'm seeing out there. And that's what he, that's what he does for the opponent. And he very often will lose game one, but he is actually very good at adjusting to that. And his track record of adjusting to that has been pretty strong. We can go back to the Hawks and times where that was not the case, where you know he gets smoked by LeBron and LeBron's Cavs. That's not exactly down to adjustments, but I'm I'm gonna be interested to see if Game One goes well or poorly. It's really on to who makes the adjustments first and what way they go. Like if if the Bucks win Game One, how drastic do the Celtics go? Are the Celtics comfortable to be like, oh, it was a close one, or? You know, it was a noon game. Let's just run it back as it is. We believe in ourselves because that could be a spot. Like if the books win game one and that happens and the books go win game two, like the, we'll be getting pretty excited. I think it, Bud and Bud and Ime Adoka, they're like, they're making eye contact with each other at the bar. They're like, who's <laughs> going to make the first move? Who's that? Who's going to approach you here? Have you been chatting with Bud, DeMar DeRozan recently? <laughs> I, think, I think Bud's going to stand his ground. He's going to be like, no. You come to me. I'm not making the first move here. No, I'm the one that needs to be chased. There is there is one variable in this series which is a little interesting, and that's Ben Sullivan. Obviously, someone who has been like deeply embedded within this version of the books has worked alongside Bud for a long time, but has also worked very closely with Giannis. Him being on the Celtic staff is an interesting oh, wrinkle that. that I hope doesn't become too significant. But in terms of having like real intel and real insight into how Bud works, how the books will look to play, what their strengths and weaknesses are, there is probably not a better guy on another staff around the league for that. So that is something that is a little bit different. That's Sean um, Sweeney erasure. Well, didn't we have what's the I'm blanking on the coach's name. The Bulls had a former assistant too. Uh Josh Longstaff. Oh yeah. Yes, they did have Josh Longstaff. But that's not Ben Sullivan has been around with Bud, been around with Darwin, Charles Lee a lot longer. We know he was very much someone who was supposed to be the Yannis Shot Doctor, and that was something he tried to work on didn't work out Oppenheimer came back but that's it's going to be an interesting uh, storyline interesting to say the least I'm excited for this series we get a real series now yeah I mean, the, the, I the Bucks tried to make it a real series tonight we were on playback it, it was flat no it energy was, I, I in theory you're like this will be fun. They're gonna did. they're gonna work their way through to the next round. That seems like a fun thing. Foregone but conclusion. We're into winning championships, not first round series now. That was I mean, we haven't had a series that boring, and it wasn't boring at the time, but the Detroit one. But even but then like the Bucks had never blown out a playoff yeah, they, opponent at that they point. Winning every game by thirty was fun. Yeah. They hadn't won a series since 2001. And it was so new. Well, I guess, I guess Orlando, but that was there was such a malaise around that the, team. The bubble doesn't count. Yeah, that was that was not a good series. Games that, games without fans should not ever count. It's terrible. The atmosphere always sucked. 
It's okay. Miami's used to that. That's why they made the final. I saw you <laughs> giving the Lakers a championship. You were saying they won a ring in the last couple of years earlier. You did. So. They they're hanging the banner. Well, you know, they're not. They can hang the, the banner all they like. The it doesn't make it real. Yeah. You know? Did they have a parade? No. God, I hope it gets a good tried to make it happen. The Bucks didn't have a parade in '71, so I don't feel good saying that. This is a this is an easy way to get back. They, but had, that a was a, in, they had a parade last year, though. They did have a parade last year. They should have done two loops for the '71 team. They should have been. Well, now that would have been a cool Bucks thing. We won't we won't get in on to that, but you know there should have been some '71 people on on another bus. They should have had the '71 parade after their 15 win season. Like, yeah, we're celebrating the '71 <laughs> championship team. We're yeah, plenty of, plenty of opportunities. You know, plenty of opportunities, but at least we got another parade. But that that Lakers ring, it's not real, so we won't talk about games with no fans. West Matthews yeah. shooting 47% through the first round. I'm excited by that. I like to see that. I got wood. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't expect him to maintain 47. That's a high number, but we just saw it seemed like broad strokes how effective he was this year. And it's just nice to see that he doesn't instantly go cold when the playoffs started at the very least. I just – I don't trust any buck shooters in the playoffs. It's fair. Wes and Grayson, though, they've been good. Pets I mean, there's a, a there's only one rotation book shooting under 33.3% so far in the playoffs. And that's Giannis. That yeah, Giannis actually can regress to the mean. Yeah, that, like that that is bad and it has been bad. Like it's really looked terrible. Yeah. Um, which it's been a while. Like it really has been a while since he's looked as, as bad from tree as he has recently. But overall, shooting has been good. Uh, even you look at someone like Bobby, 36% for deep, feels like it's better than that. And I certainly have more confidence in him than 36%. So his shooting, would, it would feel like one of the more important things in, in this series for the books. Grayson is probably going to cool off from his 58.3%. But uh, if not, that's that's the books on their way to the conference finals. But uh, they're, they're in a very good spot. Even... Shout out to uh, your sub guest, Javon Carter, 40%. Like, he's going to play some too. An interesting wrinkle in this series is the Celtics do not have any real depth in the backcourt. Their backcourt sucks. Pritchard got hot against the Nets. He only played like nine minutes a game, though, which kind of surprised me. He He can have his moments, but is that a player you're worrying about? Particularly against I mean, against the Nets, you're talking about... I know Kyrie can be a good defender. Often is, but is sometimes also pretty bad. Uh, Seth Curry, like, as a backcourt, that's not... And Goran Dragic, Paddy Mills off the bench. Like, that's not exactly Drew Holiday, Wes Matthews, Javon Carter, you know? Like, that's the books. The books have different kind of tools to work with in that regard that I think it's interesting that even with their starting lineup, like Marcus Smart is, well, we know he's a great defender, allegedly defensive player of the year, um, but they don't play with a traditional point guard and they don't really have a whole lot at all in the roster. Like Derek yeah. White is a combo Derek, guard. Derek White's like, really good though. I he is. Nine, I like him a lot, but he's, he's a combo guard. from three in the first round. Played less nine? minutes. Nine percent from three in the first round. Played less minutes per game than Daniel Tice, which really surprised me. He was their seventh man against Brooklyn. Thirty-seven percent from the field, nine percent from deep. Five points it, per game in that series. The, the thing with with that kind of the makeup of their roster is. They're, they want to play big. They're going to play big in their starting lineup. They're going to play big with the rotation. We've kind of always wanted teams to play big into the Bucks' hands. Like, that is yeah. not going to hurt the Bucks in a way that if you've got tons of really kind of skillful, shifty ball handlers, it's you not can also hurt. shoot. Like, that's the stuff that really scares us. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, the it, worst it's, it's for not Brooklyn, size. but it's the best for the Bucks. For sure. One player I did want to mention that I think is going to be important this series for Milwaukee, and it is every Giannis. series. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're taking that one for granted. If Giannis is bad, then we can pack it up now. We Brooke, can, for sure. Brooke Lopez, and I think offensively, really, because we know Boston, best defense in the league. 
Marcus Smart won. Tatum's a great defender. Time Lord's been amazing this season. Uh, we'll see what he looks like and, and if he starts, whatever else. But I think Brooke offensively, you know, whether it's actually being able to space the floor, it wouldn't surprise me if he's left a little bit open sometimes. You know, I think the defense is going to be good. It's going to be there, like you just said, Adam. They, the Celtics play big. I think that that plays into Lopez's hands. Watching the lobs to to um, Time Lord is going to be difficult, but I think he can do it. But offensively, I think a a underrated swing piece could be, you know, is Brooke effective with the ball, crashing the boards, getting to the rim, making threes, or is he like you know, bad passes, bad shots from too far away. That I think it's going to be a big deal. So I'm excited to see how Brooke plays. And I think a really great Brooke Lopez series, which probably means like 15 points per game or whatever, that I think could really swing things Milwaukee's way. You're always going to get Brooke support from me and Adam. Oh, and me. I mean, I just – I it's the offense though. The offense has always been the shakiest part of Brooke and the shooting in particular. She's so great defensively. So – uh, I think that's going to be something I'm going to be looking for right away is how do they use Brooke offensively and how does he perform? Yeah, it's just like like you mentioned, it's going to be difficult a little bit because of how well the Celtics stack up in the front court. Yeah. But he's just so big. He's so big. He's huge. It's just, like He's the big guy. He's he is. By far the size. biggest guy who's going to be out on the court. Yeah, they had, they had to get a custom mascot jersey for him. I mean, ta- uh, how tall is Robert Williams is listed 6'8". Six, six, yeah. Mm-hmm. 6'8", 237. I feel like very long wingspan. So oh, yeah. Is, yeah. Is, and is, plus, is he's he's very bouncy. Yeah. But the, the pure side, the physicality under the basket, they don't really have anyone, I think, who is as going to – I mean – the biggest guy in the rotation is by listed height is Horford at six nine, and then it's Tatum and and Time Lord and. There's no way Horford is six nine. He he was always six ten, so unless he's shrunk, but he's on the small side. He's he's not as big as Brooke, that's for sure. No, no, Brooke's just a monster. They do have Horford another and Horford another game. guy with long long arms though. Like this, yeah, this is a team that they don't have that size kind of up front to match. Giannis and Brooke in terms of height, but like you're talking significant standing reach, like above average for NBA players, even at that kind of height. So that's where it factors into it. It's a John oh. Hammond wet dream. Oh, oh. Oh. Uh, well, let's keep moving. Um, even in terms of Brooke, when you mentioned three point shots and be interesting to see how that falls from, I would like to see Brooke peel off to the corners just a little bit more. I think that's a shot that it feels like. I don't know what his regular season numbers were um, post-injury, but playoffs so far, he only attempted two from the corners against the Bulls. He was one of two. I just feel like that is a shot that he he has gotten his arsenal pretty reliably, and we know that the rest of his, his three-point shooting can go really, really hot and cold. So a little bit more of that would be nice. I mean, for the season, we're obviously not dealing with massive samples of Brook. He was nine of eighteen from the corners. So, and I think he might need to be farther out there to get Giannis some more space in the paint against this defense too. And if they don't respect him, then he's going to have to take and make those. But I think that's going to be a, an important configuration for the Bucks. It's a good call on the stats there. Yeah, Should, just the, the spacing is going to be the most important thing. Yeah, it's just like he has to be a threat. He has to be a viable threat from yeah. the corners. And I think they're going to make him deliver on the threat. Yeah. If he's not, though, the, the, the advantage the books have is Giannis Bobby still gives you the size to compete with what the Celtics have to offer. You want Brooke out there for your defense. You want him out there for your offense, really, with a lot of what he's shown. But if they're not respecting that at all, then it's like, okay, we'll bring Grayson Allen in. You know, yeah. if you're not respecting Brooke's three-point shooting, here's a guy that you have to respect, and it means Bobby's going to be out there more. Like, the books can play around that. I would be surprised if it comes to it. And something, honestly, I would be concerned about is sometimes Bud, and he did it last year in the playoffs plenty. He just went away from Brooke too soon. It's like, no, let's go small. It's like, mm, maybe just stick with him a little bit longer. And Brooke tends to figure out one way or another ways to make an impact offensively. Um, but if worst comes to worst, play the game where it's like, okay, are they going to respect him? And then if they're not, has Brooke got a shot? Yeah, yeah. 
if neither of those things are there, then you've got the options. You can go to Grace and you can go to Pat and you can reconfigure and you've got good options still. I do wonder if that's going to be less likely now. Just well, I mean, what's the conversation we had all last postseason, right? You got to play Brook even if the matchup's bad because he's your fourth best player and you just can't go that far away. And they can afford to go away a little bit more now. I mean, even with Chris out, they're going comfortably eight deep and eight you can feel good about, which without Chris last year, I mean, even if you do have Dante, you're feeling terrible about your eight. George Hill seems close. It's so hard to say. He was questionable heading into the game, but it's so hard to say. I mean, it's it's literally like when <laughs> it's the reverse of when Bud was like, oh, uh, he's day to day. And then all of a sudden he was not day to day. Didn't Bud say something like, oh, yeah, you know, he's he's not going to be day to day anytime soon. And then he yeah. appears on the next injury report as questionable. A couple days later. Yeah. Like, so it's the reverse of what, how the series started. Like, but we don't know what Hill will be, but in he's going to be theory, a Celtics killer again. <laughs> that's true. More and switching. more so than Chris, though. I think I think there seems to be a realistic prospect he comes back, and whether he ends up being good or not remains to be seen. But that's another guy on top of you've got Grayson, you've got Pat, you've got Javon, like you've got some options. Not search. Just, yeah, yeah. Not search. Sorry, uh, sorry. Do you want to go back to the Bulls game for a second to talk about we were all excited for the Luka minutes, which Serge was just like, this is my show. I'm going to miss every shot I can take. Yeah. The last thing on the Celtics series is uh, I, I just want I want Chris Middleton to come back like uh, freaking Thor arriving in Wakanda in Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> that yeah. would just be incredible. Like literally if he comes back like that. Yeah. <laughs> he throws a hammer onto the court. An axe. Chris is the new protester. <laughs> oh my god. Chris also wants Glenn Taylor out. Good, Chris good was, news. Chris was bored tonight. Chris yeah. looked really I, bored. I don't blame him. It's also gonna be uh, a tough series for people who are red, green, colorblind. It's true. It's a good point. Shout yeah. out to you guys. I, yeah. I thought I had one other note, but now I feel like I'm not remembering anywhere. Um, so let's do series prediction before we wrap up as last year, I'm going to be boring. I did a tweet before the playoffs. I'm just going to go with the tweet. So bucks in six. I'm with you. Bucks in six, seven in Boston for seven, huh? It's not, that's not a problem to like, that's my one thing. And then everyone's like, I don't care. I You're don't care. The history, I said, Adam. the history was last year. It didn't matter. Like the team they could be revenge good. Revenge for a game seven against Boston. That is also true. I like that too. And Giannis has been, you know, John Wick style. He has been checking some of these teams off his list. I mean, they already beat the Celtics though. They did, but they haven't got game seven revenge. So maybe That's someone true. needs to alert That's them true. for that. Now I, I just I, make it a seven game series. When they I, I don't care about not having home court here. I don't care. Like <laughs> we've seen often enough. The books have home court, or you, you know, take it away from the books. Ways for the books could easily win game one. They can win game one, and then they've got home court. It's like we spend so much time talking about. It. It's like you're playing the Celtics. Are you better than the Celtics? You're better than the Celtics. You'll win. And I, I don't think home court is as important as we often make it out to be. If your team is good enough, and if you've got a player like Giannis, like if if it was, we'd look at the Nets last year and we'd be like, no, that's not going to happen. We'd have gone into the Sun series being a little bit more nervous about some of the games on the way, but the books just proved they can win games anywhere against any team. Like that's it, it just did not bother them last year. I don't think it's gonna bother them this year. Um didn't bother them in Chicago that much. It's double I, I, revenge. I don't think it's something people need to stress about as much as they are. Like the matchup and that's still going on. And people People still talking about the Bucks ducking. The Bucks didn't duck anyone. It's like it's ridiculous. I, the, I Nets, think, the Nets were clearly not worth ducking. It's it's literally what you just said, Ron. The Bucks do not care. They're just like it's the playoffs. We've got to win series to win a championship. Let's see who we get. Like it, that was their approach last year. In when they just said we're going to go ahead and win, and that was their approach this year when they decided, you know what, it's a better spot for us to rest for this game. It wasn't completely within their control where they were going to be seating wise anyway. Like that's that's another tired narrative. But for me, it's just a case of it's the Celtics. They're one of the teams, one of the 
handful of teams that's like, you want to win this championship, you're going to have to be better than the Celtics. So here's the chance. Take care of them. And I think you feel pretty good about getting to the finals. Got is this revenge. the NBA finals? No. The West no. is pretty good now. Is it the I, Eastern Conference finals? I, I would yeah. deem this to be the Eastern Conference finals. I'd be very surprised if the, the finals from the East doesn't come for this series. Yeah, agreed. They're the two best teams. Yeah. Time to get After, revenge for 2018 and 1974, and also a bunch of teams in the 80s. Plus, just on just on the city of Boston. Yeah, they've had enough. If I see Loki the Leprechaun in this series, I'm gonna I'm gonna get mad. I need someone to step on Lucky. Who's gonna be the guy who steps on Lucky? I'll do Bobby. it. If anyone wants to get me out there, Bo- step oh, Bobby Lucky. stepping on Lucky. Bobby will step if on. Grayson Lucky. did it; they'd be conflicted. But if Bobby yeah. does it, it'd be fun. How does it? You know the way there was that fun thing late in the regular season with, uh, or was that even? No, it was regular season against the Bulls, where there was Brooke and Giannis pushed uh, Benny the Bull off a chair. Can you not do that to Lucky because he's like visibly a person? Is that how that works? It's too jarring <laughs> for so. people. I think because so. if not, I think Brooke should like put Lucky in a hoop. Is Lucky cultural appropriation? Yes. It's beyond that. I mean, it's not because that is not something that represents Fair. Irish culture at all. Authentically, Fair. that that represents the Boston idea of Ireland. Um, so, yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. He doesn't it even is, he, he looks at it so poorly. He doesn't even think it's worthy cultural appropriation, which is a bad thing. It's yeah. so That's negative. It's like, yeah, it's not it's, even it's cultural it's not misappropriation, even right? Yes. That would be the. Um, well, which I don't think cultural bad. appropriation by definition is like no, a but good I think, rendition. But miss is crucial here because it's not even that's fair. You're not appropriating it in a way that is reflective of the culture. It's not, it's not, it's not even taking something and putting a spin on it. It's just like you've made this is your vision of it. it regardless of that, I don't need to get into all of that. I've done it on pods before. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the worst mascot in the NBA. Don't have a person as your mascot. Even like Mavs man with his orange skin irritates me less than Lucky. Lucky sucks. So let's let's send Lucky home for the summer. And uh, I don't know, maybe he can get a new job. What's I'm he gonna do it. for his new job? Not my concern. Something Lucky Charms related. Nice. I'd rather I'd rather if they actually had a mascot that looked like their logo. Like, why is not Lucky have a charms cultural appropriation? It's not a thing here. It's so that's what I'm asking, is it? No, because it was never it was never a cultural thing so it's here. The same, it's the same it is, thing. Both things are purely American culture. It's it's American ideas of what Ireland is. It's nothing to do with Ireland. I didn't know it's he a, shared the mascot shares a name with the serial guy. Well, I assume Lucky and Lucky Charms. Like that's just crazy. I guess I didn't really know about the. Le- I just thought this was a person who was there. I didn't realize this was their appointed. It just looks like a lame fan. This no, is their this mascot. Is, this is their mascot. This is what they do. I thought like, this was like the guy who wears the Saints colored halo armor to Saints games. So he's just a guy who does that. Like the impression you get of it, and it's it's because it's a guy. It's like a member of like whatever the Dunk Squad are called. Like yeah, and Lucky, look, yeah, exactly. Lucky will be involved with a lot of that stuff, but Lucky is the mascot. They have a person who is the mascot, and it sucks. He looks like the guy who got cut from the office and they had to fire him in the <laughs> Halloween episode. This is their mascot. Yeah. Oh Christ. Uh, Bill Simmons is going to come for your head after this. <laughs> Go right ahead, Bill. Do we think Grayson Allen gets cheered in Boston instead of Boone? I hope not. He's going to average three points cheered. a game. Yeah, he, he claims he's from Wisconsin, but he's actually from Massachusetts. So. That's, that's going to go off against the Celtics. I can feel it. He, he has before. He will again, and we he's shall gonna, see. He's going to stick up for Ireland. That's what he's going to do. He's going to stick up for Ireland against <laughs> all of the false representation that goes on in And still not play for the national team. No, he's going to blow the Celtics out of there, and then he's going to come and play for the Irish national team. That's, there you go. That's the last word. The schedule for the series before we wrap up here. Game one, Sunday, noon central time. Uh, not a lot of time off, but I, I think there was no shot the Bucks were going to try and drop two games to push the series back. So it is what it is. 
It's a weird series schedule. Tuesday is game two. We don't have times for anything except game one yet. Game three, not until Saturday. The first Bucks game in the second round is more this is not than a something week for us to today. complain about, though. No, no. The, the the schedule that's stretched out increases the chances that you know if it's game four, game gonna, five, game gonna, six. Chris, Chris is coming. He's he's coming with Stormbreaker. He's gonna be like the Undertaker. <laughs> he's gonna be like Gravedigger. Um, game four then is Monday. Game five Wednesday in Boston. Game six. Friday night in Milwaukee, and then a potential game seven would be Sunday, May 15th. So, yeah, definitely a stretched out schedule. Hopefully, we don't get to that game seven, but if we need to, we will certainly take it. And then the conference finals are every other day because they don't know how to schedule things. Well, because there's not other games to put on TV. I know, but it's so dumb. It makes sense. It doesn't because of player rest in terms of that. They're already rested. (laughs) After the... Uh, what After we say in the region of 92, 90, 92 to 95 games? It works out. We get some great games in those rounds. Do we? Yes. I don't know. There are some stinkers last year. I think we <laughs> got some pretty good ones the in the Hawks finals. Of, yeah, the, the finals was pretty good. The finals was good. The Eastern Conference finals was... Yeah. Well, the finals was, was also terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Game six was not a good game. I'm again, I'm just doing what Jordan does. Not a good basketball game. It was great. I'm not disputing that. No notes. Let's ask some non books uh, or even non Suns people about like the first maybe 15 minutes of that game. No one can score for the first few minutes. That's that's every final. That's every finals closeout game. I remember let's, it was the well, anyway, it was let's, block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, let's get back and let's talk about ugly finals games that the Bucks win to win championships, you know, in a couple of months. Hopefully. Rohan, take us home, sir. Well, <laughs> I think we've been trying to get out of this podcast for a little bit now. Yeah. Uh, but Just yeah, like the Bucks in their take... first round series. Yes. Hi, thank come you on, you're delaying it further. <laughs> We're still delaying it. Um Thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, we're going to be bringing you pods after every game, as usual, as we have been. We're going to keep doing that. There will be some playbacks mixed in there. Check out social media for when that happens. And our Discord, which you can get in by uh, filling out a form, which is in my, at least mine, Ty, and the Eurostep accounts, Twitter bio. I don't know if it's an Adam. Uh, um, but yeah. No, I'll, I'll work on that. It's fine. It's, it's in three of them. It's fine. They should be following all of us anyway, so. Um, yeah, me especially. I have the least followers, so follow me on Twitter. Um, I don't know. This is derailed quickly. Uh, <laughs> make sure you leave a five-star rating on your podcast platform choice where you can. Five stars, five stars only. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube, subscribe to the Substack, Pod Random, and we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.